Hello, and welcome to the Gold Digger Proof Podcast, where we celebrate women building their own millions. I'm your host, Tina Lee Jones. And on today's show, we have Ms. Emerald Sparks. Emerald Sparks is a financial consultant who teaches people how to budget like a boss. After receiving her bachelor's degree in accounting, she started her career as a certified internal auditor for companies. After leaving corporate America in 2015, she founded Emerald Spark LTD to empower individuals in financial literacy. And did I also mention she's also into doggy daycare too? <laughs> Ladies, please welcome Emerald Sparks to the Gold Digger Approved Podcast. Emerald, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. I love talking about numbers. Once you really get off into them, they're fun. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So, listen, um, you have so much going on right now. You're, you're an entrepreneur. You're an author. You're a speaker. You do workshops. You have so much going on right now. But your main thing is, you know, financial literacy. And you wrote the book, you know, you wrote the ebook, How to Budget Like a Boss, which is now available in print. And I must mm-hmm. say, I've read some of it, and I'm very much impressed. Okay, honey? I'm Ooh, very much thank impressed. You. And the name of the book is Vision, Future, Reality, How to Budget Like a Boss, and I love it. So talk about this book and how it came, you know, into fruition. So I was sitting down one day, and I said, what is the main or the common question I get? Usually when I'm starting out with a client, they are asking me, Emerald, I don't know how to budget. Like, I don't know how to manage my money. So I was like, okay, so let me just, you know, write something, you know, for the masses. Let me try to answer their questions. And so I was like, I do not want this to be a two, 300-page book. Like, people need to know how to get their money together now. So I was like, let me just write something very quickly. Let me, you know, give the explicit details exactly how to do it. And that's how the book came. I think I wrote it in, like, maybe two weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm done. Like, I don't want to add any more. I want it to be just how to budget. I included a budget template in the back to get people started. And that's really just how I went. That's how I started. Well, honey, you are giving it to them straight to the point, no fluff. No fluff, fluff. honey. So so it's just straight to the point. And, honey, you are giving it to them straight and let them know what they need to do and how they need to do it. And I love it. I love it. And um, also, you also do several workshops in the Ohio area which, you know, Rebuilding Your Credit, which is like a monthly workshop you do in Dayton, Ohio, and as well as um, workshop on financial literacy. Now, what do you want when people attend your workshop and you've empowered them, you've given them all these tools, what exactly do you want them to walk away knowing? You know, what should be their own personal aha moment when it comes to, like, building credit or money? So I want them to walk away, one, being able to make empowered, feeling like they are able to make empowered financial decisions. And what I mean by empowered is not having the courage to make a financial decision necessarily. I want them to know and be confident in the decisions that they've made about their money and that they can actually be active participants in how their money is directed in their life. So I want them to leave with that. 
So that should be their aha moment. I don't want them to feel um, despaired about money. I don't want them to feel like they're never going to get it right or they're never going to get out of debt. I want them to know that if I master this just like I learned how to drive, just like I learned how to ride a bike, um, that they are going to be money magnets. And that's what I want everybody to walk away from my courses, from my from my workshops, to the, whenever they hear me speak, knowing that they can take control of their money and make it do what they want it to do. Exactly, exactly. And to not be afraid of the subject because so many right. people, they don't um, want to talk about money. They don't want to talk about budgeting. You know, they're, they're afraid to, you know, look at their bank account. And it's right, like, honey, yeah. how are you not going to know where you're at or if you can afford a little extra something at the grocery store if you're not looking at your bank account? So, exactly. Right, right, exactly. So, and also, if you're not, ladies who, who are listening, if you're not located in Ohio, you still can receive Emerald's Magic Touch because you also have an online course, too. Now, tell us about this amazing course, girl. So the online course is an eight-week course, and literally I take you from A to Z in your financial picture. Um, we are talking about budgeting. We're talking about credit. We're talking about money mindset. We're talking about investing. So it's really just everything financial, literally, and I combined it into an eight-week course. It's a deep, deep, intense dive. It's none of that fluffy stuff or that basic stuff that you see out there. It is really personalized to you. It goes deep, 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 like not even like, oh, I got a 600 credit score. How do I make it a 700? Like it's all personalized. It's just, it's just deeper than some of the things that are out there. And it's eight weeks. You get um, workshops. It's different modules. You get live coaching with me once a week. I mean, it's like everything you could ever need in your financial life. <laughs> and it's affordable, ladies. It's affordable. It's yes. affordable. Tell them what the price is, girl. What is the price? So there's two. So I have a mini course, and then I have a, a larger eight-week course. So the one I just described there is the eight-week course. Now, that is for people who are serious about getting their finances together. That's not for people to play with. That's not for people I think I want to get my money right. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Um, that is for serious, serious people. And for a limited time, I'm offering that for two ninety seven. Then I did oh, a come mini, on. mini one for yeah, I did a mini, mini one for Black Friday where I did like three parts and I was like, I'll do that for ninety nine dollars. So that that deal is over. The Black Friday deal is over, but there is a holiday special on the eight week for two ninety seven. So now two ninety seven Y'all need to jump on that with both feet, honey, because two ninety seven. <laughs> you spend more than on that on a weed. I mean, come on, because oh, the, the bundles by themselves might be two fifty. The bundles by themselves might be two fifty. Okay, then you got to pay Keisha to sew it in for you, and that's like another two hundred. Okay. That's another two hundred. So two ninety seven to get your mind right, your life right, and to be more attractive to a man whenever he's ready to marry you. You ain't got all this debt in your life. Uh, hello, come through. Two ninety seven, okay. boom. Come all the way. Two ninety seven. That ain't never sexy. That ain't never sexy. No. Never. Mm-mm. No. You don't want to be like that song. She ain't got no money in the bank. <laughs> we don't want that. So, ladies, two ninety seven and get your life. 
Okay. Yes, limited time offer. Limited time offer. Now, girl, at the beginning of your book, now circling back to your book, beginning of your book, um, girl, the very first thing you put at the top is a goal without a vision is darkness. Girl, I nearly fell out when I saw that because it's so true. Now, I want you to elaborate and give your version of how, you know, where that came from. Okay, so there are two types of goal creators. So one goal creator creates goals based off of what they see on, say, Instagram or Facebook. They're like, oh, I want a house. Oh, I want a new car. They want it because somebody else got it. It makes no difference to them if they accomplish that goal or not. They're not really committed to that goal. Then there's another type of person that creates a goal. Those are the people who really care about that goal. Like if their life don't change and they don't achieve that goal, they sick about it. Like they and their feelings about it. It hurts their soul if they don't mm-hmm. if they don't achieve that goal. So that is what I'm talking about, a goal with a vision. So we got a goal, right? I want to mm-hmm. own my right? Now I need to know what that house looking like, okay? I need to know I got mahogany counters, uh, countertops. I got granite cat, uh uh, countertops, mahogany uh, cabinets. I got heated floors. It got an island in it. Like, I need you to put that vision. Like, what that house looks like? It got four bedrooms. Okay, the master got this. I could put a little seating area over here. It's deeper than I want a four bedroom house with two and a half bathrooms. You see that vision I just put on there? So then we mm-hmm. have this vision, right? So if you don't have a vision with your attached to your goal. It don't mean nothing. It's just a goal. It's just out here in the sky, just all willy-nilly. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But when you attach a vision to that goal, when you make that that goal look like something that you could actually have in your future and you can work towards it and make it your reality, that is where the light is. Yes, girl. I love it. And, girl, let me tell you something. Circling back to the scripture, a man without a vision shall perish. Or my people perish for lack of vision. Yeah. Okay. You got you got to see it before you see it, or else you'll never see it. Okay. Exactly. And I relate it to like losing weight all the time. If you don't go into the store and see what that size looks like in a pair of pants or a dress, that's just it. Don't mean nothing to you. You have to walk in the store and say, "I'm gonna go buy this size ten right now," or whatever size you're trying to be a size six, size eight, whatever. You got to see what that looks like. You got to put yourself in that and see what that looks like on you. Try it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly, girl. I love that. I love it. How, you know, that's why vision boards are so important. And, you know, like you said, you have to see those mahogany cabinets and those granite cabinets and um, countertops in the, in the kitchen and the island and all that. You have to see that because if you can see it, then you can achieve it, girl. Yes, come through, come through. Ain't no darkness over here in 2018, no, no darkness. No, no. So listen, girl, now, as an expert in numbers, what are the top three misconceptions when it comes to money? Okay, okay. So the first one that I would say is that um, people think that if they had more money, that they would be all right. Mm. You know, let's let's just keep it real. In reality, if you don't know how to manage the two dollars that you got, you're not gonna know how to manage the two hundred thousand dollars that you want, right? Mm-hmm. One don't come, one comes. You have to know how to manage two dollars before you can learn how to manage large sums of money, and that that's also in the Bible. It's in Proverbs. 
You have to be a good steward of your money for God to continue to bless you with more money. He got to know that he handles $2 before he gives you $200,000. Exactly. Faithful over a few. Yes. Yes. So then the second one is it's just like a relationship or just like having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you treat your boyfriend and girlfriend dirty, how can you expect them to treat you right? So if you treat your money dirty, if you don't take care of it and nurture it and learn about it and understand it and do right by it, how can you expect it to do right by you? How can you expect it to make your dreams and your aspirations come true and make them come to fruition if you don't treat it right? Exactly. That makes sense. So basically what you're saying is we have to date our money. You got to, but you got to, you, you can't, <laughs> you can't play with your money. You got to, you got, you can't be like hurt, babe. You can't cheat on your money. You can't do that. You Mm-mm. have to treat your money how you want to be treated. Uh, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. What's the third one, girl? What's the third one? <laughs> and then the third one is stop being emotional about money. So this is the thing. People let, if I got a lot of money, I'm happy, right? Or if I don't mm-hmm. have enough money, I'm sad. If people start looking at money as a tool, if you start thinking about money as a hammer, we don't have no emotional attachment to a hammer, right? It's there to nail uh, nails in the wall, right? We don't think about it. It's do what it do. If you attach that same emotion to money, we wouldn't have a lot of the problems that we have called like this retail therapy or when we get bored or sad, we are depressed, we go out and just spend money because that makes us feel good. We attach all these emotional barriers to money, and that blocks us from our blessing. If we start thinking mm. the money is just an inanimate object, we have more of it. Mm. Mm. So taking the emotion out of it, like, like you said, like retail therapy, oh, I deserve it. I, I, I work hard. I deserve it. Or, you know, oh, it's just I, I just put on the credit card. You know, I'll, I'll pay it off next month. The next month never comes. You end up paying it all back for the next four years. Payment don't come. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Okay, all right, ladies. All right, ladies. So um, taking the emotional um, out of it, basically date your money. What was that first one again? And then people think if they have more of it that they would be all right. So being a good steward of your money. Being a good steward. Okay, all right. And this is what you cover in your workshops definitely what you cover in your book and so on and so forth, right? Yes, I incorporate these things. Even in my business, and when I'm talking about my business programs, I incorporate that the same way because people start businesses and they treat their business finances just like they treat their personal finances. Same same concept. That's so true. That's so true. (laughs) So, Emerald, girl, let me ask you, like, why are you so passionate? Because I hear the passion in your voice. Um, why are you so passionate about finances? I'm so passionate about it because it is the at the core of everything we do. We will put off we will put money on the back burner and the first thing that we do, we have to spend money on it. I can't name you one thing as an adult that I do that is free. You know, I can't even lay in my house for free because if I don't pay my mortgage, Chase is gonna come to me and say, ma'am, we need our payment. 
So it, it's so ingrained in our life, and it's something that not it, it touches every single race. It touches every single social economic. It money does not care who you are. If you don't treat your money right, and if you don't get an understanding of it and get a handle on it, it operates the same way for everybody. It does not discriminate. So that's why I'm so passionate about, like, especially for our people. We mm-hmm. have been placed in a situation where not only do we have a fear of money, but we have a fear of investing. We have a fear of, you know, taking taking our lives, our finances to the next level. Some of us just don't know how. So, you 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 know, you know better if you do better, right? But mm-hmm. some of us know better but are still afraid to make that leap. Right. And speaking of our people, um, that's a perfect segue to my next question. Uh, we both know that so many other cultures, um, financial literacy is taught in so many other cultures very early on in a child's life, even as early as earlier, even before 10 years old. Why is it that the African-American culture um, we lack educating our children about the same thing, about financial literacy. Why is that? You know, this is a really good topic because we will literally put a bill in our child's name before we tell them what our bills in our household are. Oh, my so, goodness. Girl, no, you did. Wait a minute. No, you did not. <laughs> did you really? Wait a minute. It's the truth. Tell Wait a me minute. If I, if I said a lie, if I said a lie, tell me I said a lie. No, you didn't, Emeralds. You said we'll put a bill in our child's name before we tell them what that bill is for. Oh, my goodness. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So, we, like I said, put a bill in the child's name before you tell them what your household bills are. It's, I don't understand, but black people are very secretive about money. We are very – we don't want nobody in our business about it. We don't know, want nobody questioning us about it. And we could be in shambles, okay? We don't want nobody to know. That our, mm-hmm. not, is, that our money is not tight. So right. that comes from, one, our access to money and the people that we look at as controllers of money. Black people are not, have not been seen as the controllers of money. Actually, we're the number one consumer um, mm-hmm. in, in the world. People are advertising to us because we, they know that we will consume something. So... What happens is we became, over generations, how we were treated, our history, we became distrustful of money. We didn't go to banks to uh, put our money in there because we didn't control the banks. So, you know, that started that whole money underneath the mattress thing. Even with Mm -hmm. life insurance, a lot of black people do not have life insurance right now or don't believe in life insurance because they think that somebody is going to kill them to get $100,000. Exactly. I I used to work in insurance, and that was a a big thing. So I was like, you'd rather have a GoFundMe, a PayPal, and a fish fry just for (laughs) for your family to put you in the ground. It makes no sense when life insurance is the number one quickest way to gain generational wealth because not only do you get a large sum of money, but it's tax-free. The government is not going to take any proceeds of your life insurance proceeds, none of it. So wow. you can leave someone a million dollars tax-free through life insurance. It's the number one way to generate generate wealth. And if we could pass on wealth to our generations instead of debt, 
That would be it's a, that would be so magical for our community. Right. So instead of red bottoms and, and used bundles, yes, you know, leave your child some 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 wealth. Yes, leave your child some stock. So have those conversations. Uh, have those conversations at the table. You don't have to go and talk about the Wall Street Journal and talk about the Dow and is it up or is it down. But talk. Have those conversations like. Black people have gotten to this thing where I want my child to have everything I didn't have when I was growing up, right? So they right, but they right, but they don't give them that background. Like this is what it takes for you to look like this and for me to look like this. And understanding that, oh God, I could just we could just have a whole podcast about uh, hood right. Rich, but I'm just you said hood to, rich, Lord have mercy. So I'm just girl. I'm, I'm just trying not to take it there, but sir. Having conversations, just a small, like, you, you can tell them, like, this is how much the light bill costs. This is how much, you know, your clothes cost. Like, instead of just putting them in polo and Jordan and making them look exactly. good, but feed them with the understanding of where that comes from and what that and, – and how much that costs. Like, it's, exactly. it's very simple. Very simple. And how early so to parents – we'll, we'll be on this call forever, honey. Right, girl, I know, I know, hood rich. But how early should parents start educating their children on financial literacy? How early do you think? So I think as early as they start asking for stuff. So I see it in the grocery store, little kids like, oh, mom, I want some cupcakes or I want some cereal, right? And a lot of times you give them that so they can shut up because they're in a the cart and they're making a loud noise and you want them to be quiet. So start telling them, like, start even just start doing a little tally, like, hey, this is how much your cupcakes cost. We can only get cupcakes once a month because that's what's in the budget. Like, start making them as, as conscious of money so, like, all these things that they want and keep asking you for and nagging you about, they can start understanding that there is um, a value attached to these. Like, these just don't mm-hmm. appear in the house because mommy brings them into the house. Like, they actually cost. Mommy has to go to work to, you know, be able to buy cupcakes and things like that. So I say as early as they start. Um, asking asking you for stuff that costs you money. And I hear you. So I heard somebody else say that. And you know what? It's 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 so sad that we don't educate our children. I think we're starting to like do better now. Like with millennials, they're starting mm-hmm. to like you know I be a little bit more generation. Yeah, be oh, a little bit more woke when it comes to mm-hmm. you know financial literacy and, and you know a host of other things. But, girl, listen, I have a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, her son, he's 18 years old. He just started at Morehouse College. Mm-hmm. And she said, girl, my son has been trading penny stocks for a couple of years. I'm not mm-hmm. playing with him. You know, he's not dealing with the big money, but he's trading penny stocks just to get the flow and, and find the strategy and the pattern and, you know, um, and the strategy and all of that just to know so he can know how to invest his money. Yes, yes. And that is I, I that is a good um that's a good strategy. That's really uh, there is a investor called Tom Sykes. I mean Tim Sykes and he has literally is a multimillionaire and he is, he trades penny stocks. So he actually has developed a whole course around it. Um he's been on the Steve Harvey show. He only trades penny stocks, and he is a multi-multi-millionaire. Are you serious? Well, girl, yeah. I'm in the wrong His name is Tim, Tim Sykes. He does <laughs> wow. it. Wow. He does it. So you can make a million dollars from trading pennies. 
Yep, because he started while he was in college. He um, got into the penny stuff, you know, had a Roth IRA, did some other investments. And I think when he graduated, I wanted to say he had maybe $100,000. Picture if you graduated college with $100,000. Girl. You, if, mm. if you had to get student loan debt, student loan debt would be gone. You could exactly. buy a house. Like, just picture where you where you would be at 21 versus if you start when you get your first little job at probably 22, 25 or whatever, and then you start investing. And then you're investing in a retirement fund that you can't use until you're 65 with these stocks and things, although you pay taxes on, you know, the gains and stuff that you get. So he was paying taxes in college. But think about how much money he had. And he acquired that $100,000 within four years of being in college, right? Mm-hmm. See, it might see. have even been a little more. So yeah, like if if I can remember his story correctly, like he had a sizable amount of money when he graduated. It wasn't no, it wasn't no chump change when he graduated. Wonderful, beautiful girl. Well, thank you so much for sharing. But girl, Emerald, um, it, 2018 is around the corner. It's a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. What's next for Emerald Sparks? Are you running for city council? Are you running for mayor? <laughs> Girl, no, what are you not doing? the politics. That is not. I like to keep an honest life, not the politics. So, <laughs> um, I'll have more courses. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll have a group coaching um, program that I'm launching. I'll have some um, a course that I'm launching on student loans. I'll be doing. I'll be working with a lot of um, black women entrepreneurs, um, combining what they do and what I do and tying finances to it. So, actually, at the top of January. Uh, me and this young lady who does fitness, we are incorporating a fitness routine and we're attaching finances to it. Um, I got mm. a challenge that's coming out for the month of January. It's going to be called um, Gas, Groceries, and Personal Development. Basically, in January, you can only spend your money on those things. So you better join the challenge. I'm gonna add oh, get ready. Wow. Get ready. Get ready. Oh, you got to wait a so, minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. We got to skirt, skirt. Wait a minute. We got to go back. You just said you have a challenge coming up in January called mm-hmm. Gas, Groceries, and Personal Development. And I can mm-hmm. only spend my money on that within the month of January. Your outside money. Like, of course, pay your bills. I don't want you homeless. You got to pay all your necessary bills, but all your extra money can only go to Gas, Groceries, or Personal Development. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's the challenge, baby, and you, you, you joined in. I'm adding you to the group. So we can't get our nails done. Not, no, we nails, can't get our eyebrows. No. Our eyebrows. No, eyebrows. We gotta pluck our own eyebrows. No um, hair. No eyebrows. No bundles. No bundles. No bundles. Bro? No wigs. No bundles. But you Nothing. know what? But you know what, Emerald. January is the best month to do it. That's when everybody broke because they didn't spend all their money in December. <laughs> right on Christmas, right? So they need to re up anyway. Exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness. This is okay. So okay, I'm, I'm gonna join the challenge, and I'm gonna see you know see if I can thug it out. Okay. Now, girl, Emerald, what would be your personal financial gold digger tip you can leave with our listeners, girl? Something that. You know, every woman needs to know about finances, whether they're young or old, entrepreneur or working in corporate America. What would be your own personal financial gold digger tip 
to leave with our listeners? Yes, so as a gold digger, right, so you have goals and aspirations. So one of the first things, and one of the first things that I did when I um, started my, I guess I challenged myself. I I was like, I'm going to save $40,000. And so um, I did it in $10,000 increments. And one of my top ways that I did that is that I put myself first. So as a woman, we are trying to be everything to everybody. We are actually trying to be, you know, the greatest in all things. But we seldomly get back to ourselves and say, you know what, I'm going to do something for me. And so it's, it wasn't like a, um, I went out and bought something, you know, really big for myself or whatever. I just, you know, when I hit my first $10,000 goal, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get me a caramel um, chai tea latte, you know. That's $4. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm about to go buy me a Chanel bag. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. that. It was just those small wins, and I did that by putting myself first. And I feel like if you put yourself first in your finances, you will achieve those goals. You will um, get, get that dream house. You will pay off that debt. You will basically conquer anything. You will start investing if you just value yourself to put yourself first and use that as your treat and not saying, I'm about to go spend some money on a bag when you got $10,000 of debt. You know what I mean? Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with treating yourself, but, I mean, a Chanel bag will be out of season next season. Um, and it might end up in the pawn shop. So In the pawn shop, but, though? In the pawn shop. But if you have investment property, that's not going to end up in the pawn shop. That is not. That is not. That is going to create more money for you. Generational wealth, something that your child can pass down. All right. Yes. Yes. Well, Emerald, thank you so much for being a part of the Gold Digger Proof podcast. You've been an absolute delight. You are Gold Digger Proof from every which – oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, girl. We didn't talk about your doggy daycare. Girl, let's touch on that because finances and the doggy daycare are two totally different things. Yes. Tell us, how are you involved with doggy daycare? Please tell me, woof, woof. Okay, so when I uh, left corporate America, I said, I'm going to do everything that I ever wanted to do. So it was always really a passion. Like, dogs have always been a passion of mine. I call myself the dog whisperer because I can whisper to any dog and they whisper back and I know what they need, right? So I was like, I'm going to take all the passions that I have. So finances was number one. I was like, I'm going to use that as that's going to be my money maker, right? And so then the dogs became my passion. So that was like, you know, that was my, like my side hustle. So I developed a profile on Yelp. Um, I got a profile on like a doggy daycare directory. And that, they just started throwing in. Like, she was like, can you watch my dog for a month? I was like, a month? And when, they, when them per day fees, honey, start adding up, I was like, I can make, this don't have to be a side hustle. Like, this could be a whole different separate business. Mm. So I use word of mouth um, and I use Yelp. Those have been very int- instrumental in that in that business. So I get big dogs, small dogs, stinky dogs, all type of dogs. And so I just, I just watch people dogs while they go on vacation. Or I had a lady who dropped her dog off every day because she didn't want the dog to be alone at the house. So dog business is a billion-dollar industry, and I'm just I'm just trying to get a million of it. Oh, I hear that. Yes. 
I, w- I want you to get a million of it so I can beg. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So people spend a lot of money on their dogs, and I'm like, well, I like dogs, so you might as well give me the money. So, yeah. So that's, that's how I started. I just combined both my passions since I left corporate America, and I was like, I'm just going to do what I really, you know, what I want to do. Wonderful. Well, um, I'm so excited that you were on our show here at the Gold Digger Proof Podcast. You're an absolute delight talking about your dogs, talking about finances, generational wealth, budgeting. And let everyone know where they can get your book, honey. They have to get this book. Yes. So on my website, it's um, emeraldsparks.com slash books. That is the direct link. But if you go to my website that has everything that I'm, you know, um, a guest speaker at, that I'm hosting, so all my workshops online or in person are there, all my courses are there, anything that I'm doing is on my website. So emeraldsparks.com. Okay, emeraldsparks.com. And what is your Instagram? Instagram, I am she's a gem. So that's S-H-Z-A-G. E-M, so she's a gem. Okay, wonderful. Yes, girl. And so are you on any other social medias? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Emerald Sparks, but um, you can, I'm, I'm most active on Facebook and, and Instagram. So Emerald okay. Sparks on Facebook as well. Okay. All right. Well, listen, lady, you, you got a couple of jewels from this wonderful lady she told you what the three misconceptions were when it came to money. She told you when you should start talking about uh, money with your children. And she, she explained what a goal without a vision is darkness is all about, which is so true because you've got to have a vision. You've got to see it. So make sure you look this woman up, emeraldsparks.com. Get her, get her book, Vision, Future, Reality, How to Budget Like a Boss. Get her course, her online course, which is at emeraldspark.com, uh, yeah. at uh, the temporary, for a limited time, low price, up to 97 okay? That's less yeah. than bundles and weeds, so get your life in 2018. Yeah. Emerald, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We love you. Make, if you have anything else coming up, make sure you come into the show so we can talk more about it. And, honey, continue to be Gold Digger approved. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And ladies, remember, be awesome, be great, but baby, make sure you are always gold digger approved. We'll see you next time.